Welcome to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio-podcast. Hosted by Peter O'Toole, sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. Today on The Microscopists... Today on The Microscopists, I'm meeting with Aya Yakutawa, Principal Investigator and the Director of Electron Microscopy Unit at the University of Helsinki. And we'll hear about her passion for imaging. I remember falling in love with, with microscopy in my very early studies in, in biochemistry. Her outreach work helping to inspire the next generation of microscopists in schools. I have been a couple of times teacher in, in this high school course, which is combining arts and science. And we discuss her work imaging organelle partitioning during cell division. Kind of first uh, own projects in Helsinki were uh, about how, how ER partitions during, during uh, mitosis. And the importance of alternative career paths in core facilities. The scientific careers are very different and, and they need to be evaluated differently because if you are really good in your job as a researcher in core facility, you don't have these first or last of the papers. All in this episode of The Microscopists. Hi, welcome to this episode of The Microscopist. Today I'm joined by Aya Yokitara. I've said that wrong, haven't I, Aya? No, it, it was fine. Ah, <laughs> anyway, from the University of Helsinki, uh, working in the Institute of Biotechnology, a good old hardcore technologist. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll also see that uh, Aya's got a brilliant uh, electron microscope image in the background, which is the more you look at it, the more you see. It's absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Aya, thank you for joining me today. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't know how many years we've known each other. Uh, from various meetings, mm -hmm. uh, but probably most noticeable from the advanced imaging courses at the VIB, I think is probably where I got to know you best uh, from all of those and teaching on with uh, Chris Gary and Saskia Lippins and their teams uh, and Sebastian Monk over there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm, I'm there primarily talking about light microscopy, light, light microscopes, light microscopy, and you're there talking about electron mm -hmm. microscopy in an advanced light microscopy course. <clears throat> so where did your passion for electron microscopy come from? Uh, it started as a passion for imaging. So it, it yeah, like my, uh, I remember falling in love with, with microscopy in my very early studies in, in biochemistry where I did, you know, very, simple immunofluorescence imaging. And, and then during my uh, PhD, I decided that I want to become an electron microscopist. So I was thinking of my kind of uh, future postdoc position or place based on where I could kind of combine cell biology and, and start doing electron microscopy. And already when I, I left, to do my postdoc, my kind of plan was to come back to Finland to, to, uh, to start electron microscopy, kind of to land in an electron microscopy. And that's what I did. <clears throat> and, and big time. Obviously, you're very well known now in the, in the world for your electron microscopy. I'm going to take you back, though. You said that you got interested at an early age doing your biochemistry. So I presume that was in mm. your undergraduate? Yes, yes. So where was your undergraduate degree? I, I have studied uh, in University of Helsinki. So I, I started first, uh, first year was chemistry and then continued in, in the biochemistry. And so, so my master's is in, in biochemistry. And, and then, then uh, when I started doing my thesis, I, there is some uh, additional courses that you take. And then, then that was when I kind of specialized in cell biology. <clears throat> so I haven't really studied biology at all. <laughs> and and so I, I don't 
no names of any plants or birds or anything. So, so I often get a little bit <laughs> kind of comments. But what kind of a biologist you are? <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one that kind of goes deep into the cellular level. <laughs> so how, how did you find that transition from chemistry to biochemistry to biology? How tough was that? Or was it easy, just a natural progression? Or actually, was it quite tough going? Well, no, it, it, for me, it has been really natural. But uh, it was also influenced by, by uh, strongly by one person, uh, Maria Makarov, my, my uh, PhD supervisor. I, she um, gave some lectures uh, about uh, glycosylation and, and, and using yeast as a model system to study protein secretion. And, and I, I, I just felt that, you know, Finally, everything makes sense. And, and I, I went to Marias and told her that, you know, I want to do my thesis in your lab. And, and she said that, yeah, I, I don't have any funding at the moment. <laughs> and I said that, yeah, that's, that's a pity because I really don't want to go anywhere else. And, and finally she said that, okay, let's see how it goes. And, and the first year I had like, you know, um, grants for always couple, you know, couple of months. Yes. But but by the end of the first year, um, Maria got a, a kind of a big research grant and actually then could kind of uh, give me a contract to the end of the <laughs> PhD project. So I was in the end, you know, lucky. <laughs> but uh, I was. I, 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 yeah, it, it was kind of the idea that at that time it made so much sense to use yeast as, as a model for cell biology. It was so easy to, you know, delete genes and, and study uh, the effects. And, and I, I think that uh, that was the time when I was kind of guided to secretary pathway and, and I'm still there. So. <laughs> You know, in the picture, you see two of my favorite organelles, ER and Golgi. And I, I started studying protein folding in ER during my PhD. And then I went to uh, do my postdoc in Graham Warren's lab in London. And there I studied the partitioning of Golgi during my doses. And, and then Instead of going further on the path, secretory pathway, I actually ended up in the retrograde transport route and <laughs> was transported back to the ER. And I, in Helsinki, when I started my own uh, research team, uh, I kind of um, continued little bit in the same theme as in, in Graham's lab, so studying organelle partitioning during mitosis, but going back to the ER. So, so my kind of first uh, own projects in Helsinki were uh, about how, how ER partitions during, during uh, mitosis. And, and since that, it has been kind of uh, first quite concentrated on ER and lately now more on, on in general kind of how the organelle shape uh, supports its functions. So I, I, I've got two questions on the back of that. So I'm going to ask a scientific one first, actually. <clears throat> so what's your bigger passion? The advancement and utilization of electron microscopes or that that process, Golgi ER and mitosis? Um, they are totally connected. Oh, very, very I, they, It's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of my, as my own, the most uh, kind of, um, the biggest research topic I can kind of think of is the organelle 
shape and structure, but I wouldn't like to study that using any other tools. So, so imaging and, and visualization, seeing them is the key. So um, as, as a microscopist and as a, so I'm, I'm a head of, I'm leading an EM core facility. So we are of, you know, my, my facility, we have around 100 projects each, each year. And we also do a lot of collaboration uh, projects. So through these collaborations, I'm, I'm studying kind of really wide range of, of model organelles, organisms, different kind of uh, research questions. And this, this is really fascinating too, but, but uh, always <laughs> when there is a chance of, of making a detour to, to ER or culture, I, I will take it. <laughs> so I, I thought the one bit that was interesting there, well, it was all interesting. The, the, the mm -hmm. one bit I think to pick up on those, you have 100 projects going through using the microscopes. It's a huge number of projects and the electron microscopes, the importance of different technologies underpinning science. And I, I, I would imagine the range of scientific questions you're addressing using the electron microscope in those 100 projects will range from cancer research to neurobiology to the, the fundamentals of developmental biology, microbiology. Mm -hmm. It'll mm -hmm. probably encompass all, all those aspects. Uh, so, yeah. It, I guess some people go into science wanting to do cancer research because they're very passionate for personal reasons about cancer or mm -hmm. Alzheimer's or whichever else. And you're in a position, as with many core facilities across the world, to actually be helping all of those type of studies. And without mm -hmm. that expertise in electron microscopy, it couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. How hard do you find it balancing all those projects and getting, allowing them time, equitable time on the microscopes staff support time because some of these applications are quite difficult and they need expert hands and that all needs funding as well as a direct grant how how do you find balancing all of that so uh, in my core uh, team i have three technicians and two researchers and and out of these hundred uh, projects you you know bit over half of them is just providing service. So my technicians are providing service on sample preparation, making thin sections, and then we provide training for the users to use the microscopes. And actually the, the electron microscopes are much way easier to use than light microscopes. <laughs> so so it, 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 it doesn't take that we spend roughly five hours per person providing the training. And in that time, they learn how to put the sample in, focus, select the magnification, take photos, which, which is kind of the, the basic things they, they need to learn to be able to take the pictures. And then again, you know, they, they have to spend time in learning how to interpret the data. And, and this again, we provide in kind of support, but in these kind of uh, service projects, we are not scientifically involved. So we just provide the support. And then on the collaboration projects, we are scientifically involved. And, and there, uh, the key is kind of communication. You, you know, we, we are good what we do. Uh, we know how to interpret the data and, you know, take the pictures and, and recommend what kind of sample prep to use. But at the same time, we don't know the, the research questions and, and we cannot be experts on, you know, every model organism there are. So, so so the successful projects are where, where you know, we really communicate well and, and the, the collaborator uh, understands they uh, model and they research questions and then we will, we bring the technology and then when we kind of operate 
together we we actually uh, get the the results. And so you, you have three technicians, two research officers. Mm. Yes. And these career paths are, in the grand scheme of time, a relatively new type of positions uh, within universities. Uh, mm. And it's interesting to get an understanding of the type of person that wants that type of role. Before uh, going to that, you, you know, the success, why, why I'm kind of really happy at what I'm doing is that actually, you know, I have a great team. So two of my technicians have been EM technicians over 30 years. And, and the, the third technician actually is, is my former postdoc. <laughs> so she has also a, a long kind of experience in, in and, and then my researchers, Ilya and Helena, they all both also have been in, in, in the unit over 10 years. So, so we have really developed things together. And, and it's very different from the time when I started. But you are correct, the, the infra personnel is kind of a, a new concept. And, um, in Helsinki University, I am actually, I have been leading a, a work, working group who have been uh, making a kind of career model for infra personnel. And we, it was beginning of February this year, we actually presented it to the, the our institute board. Uh, and, and now the university HR is kind of uh, working based on this model. And, and some of the key issues there are that, that we actually in core facilities, um, the, especially the, the scientific careers are very different and, and they need to be evaluated differently because if you are really good in your job, as a researcher in core facility, you don't have these first or last author papers, but you have actually a lot of these papers where you are in the middle. And actually then the way to, to evaluate how successful you are is asking the questions that, that what was your impact on this paper, that without your work and without this EM part, you know, would this paper have been accepted at all, or, or you know, how much it raised the the level of the paper? So, so we have to even kind of formulate different kind of criteria how to evaluate the the persons, you know, when thinking how how they kind of progress in their their career. And, and of course, this has been a little bit the same for me. I, I'm, I'm kind of evaluated as, uh, through my scientific uh, achievements. And, and then sometimes it's, it's uh, you know, not so clear that how much credit I can take from, from all these collaboration projects. Or, or should I, is, is my scientific profile just, you know, the work that we do in my, my mm. tiny group? I, I think you're, I'm glad you mentioned this. I'll, I'll bring something up in a moment that I'm doing at work at the moment. I think the scientific profile is not just on your own science. It is on the facility. It's on your impacts and expertise in the microscopy, which is academic in a way as well. And so mm. you, I, I'd say mm. they go hand in hand. I, and I'm just looking at job descriptions at the moment and for new staff coming in and there's templates for technical staff. There's templates for postdoctoral staff. But actually a lot of our staff are technical staff. But, but they have that academic trait yes. and they have to have that academic side to them as well. So they, they kind of sit in between these two groups, exactly. now I would say they are more on the technical side, and I think we should say that with pride. I think that's a, a really good role because mm -hmm. we are multitaskers. But at the same time, many of our staff are postdocs to hire. 
Mm. You know, mm. they, they become mm. a group's postdoc for that moment in time where they need that expertise. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> and how you evaluate that, even how you job put a job description for pay scales, is very difficult. Mm. Mm. Uh, yes, this this is we we need to kind of create this third personal category. And and this is actually what we proposed very clearly that that we, we kind of made a list of job titles, but we also uh, made a very kind of bold proposal that we really need to have, you know, a third personal category created. And, and that, of course, you know, involves a lot of legal, technical things. It will take several years, but it's it's kind of how in the future you know things should go in in the in the core facilities you know we don't we provide service we maintain instruments very expensive instruments but we also do research and we develop things so so there is both the technical aspect and and then the the research aspect I'd, I'd be interested to see that document at some point. It's something I'm just playing with at York at the moment. And York has fantastic scales. You know, they're, they're very on par, par and, and it's well rewarded. But I do think there's, there's an opportunity to, to look at if we can make it more clear, operational mm. uh, scales and so forth as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, going back, you said you did your PhD in London. Mm. You, uh, sorry, postdoc. So your postdoc in London. Yes. How did yes. you find living in London compared to Helsinki? <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I, I was I actually when I came to London, I came I came there with my seven years old daughter as single mother, and I had to and and I had an au pair, and it you, you know it wasn't <laughs> that easy. But uh, the, the work itself was so interesting that, that uh, I, I still think that those three years were kind of the, you know, the peak of my, <laughs> my, my time. I, I really, uh, we, we found in London a kind of corner in, in the kind of northeast where where there was kind of the Epping Forest started, yeah. so it was a little bit like you know similar what we have here. So every Sunday we could kind of go for a walks on a forest, and 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 it wasn't that crowded and kind of. You found it so. So I was going. One of the questions I was going to ask you when when was probably the most fun time of your career. But it sounds like that was probably your. <laughs> That, that, yes, yes, there was, there was uh, so much kind of, you know, we were a big lab, we were 15 postdocs and everyone was fully committed to work and, and we, we really worked hard, but also the, the you know, we had a freedom to, to start the projects and, and, and see where they kind of take us. And, and of course the resources were, you know, we had our own transmission electron microscope just, you know, for the lab. So I was sharing that microscope with one technician and one student. So, so no heavy booking. <laughs> yeah, but now how many electron microscopes do you have? Okay, we have uh, five. Yeah, see, even better. Just lots of users. Yeah, but not, you know, <laughs> there's much more users. <laughs> and and uh, of course, nowadays, you know, I, 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 I don't get to do, you know, the, the things I'm best. <laughs> so I'm my, my, you know, nowadays, I, I'm just kind of following from the back when my students are, are you know, someone else is, is uh, doing the fun things. <laughs> so, so how did you find that transition of moving from the, the um, driver to the backseat driver to the, uh, yeah. the person back in the taxi rank, just telling the drivers what they should be doing and hearing yeah. where they need to go next? Well, it happens gradually. So, you, you, you know, you don't notice it in a way. 
it it's it it's kind of I think it's quite natural development. And do you so, do you enjoy the way it's evolved? Yes, because uh, there there has been other things uh, that that has come along. Of course, yes, it's it's stressful for, to make applications and reports all the time. But but for example, uh, I think that one of the really best features in core facilities is kind of the networking. So in, in Finland, uh, we, we are a small country and we don't have that much resources. So, so I think that quite early on, you know, 2009, we uh, formed these kind of uh, Biocenter Finland networks. And for example, in that, all the in, in in all of the uh, universities in Finland, the imaging units were kind of uh, networked, and since that time, we have jointly uh, made our strategy that who specializes in what and what kind of instruments we we apply. And and for example, in that strategy. We uh, decided that that you know we want to specialize on 3D EM and and then the others have supported us in the applications to get the microscopes for that and and then at the same time I I know that I don't need to provide everything for our users that there are some techniques where I can then just send my uh, my our users that you know why don't you contact and and this way you know we are not kind of competing with each other we are competing against the other networks and yeah, <laughs> platforms yeah, but but we have this strategy and 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 it it's it's something that has come to replace kind of that yes I'm not I, I don't have time to to you know, make experiments in the lab anymore, but it's it's kind of a new type of thing which which I also enjoy a lot. So, have the mass spec community, the genomics community, have they got their acts together in such a good way as well, or are they yes, still very yes. much? No, yes, we we in in this Biocenter Finland network we have nineteen platforms. Oh, so so, so basically. Good. Because that means you're competing against them, and they've got their act together as well. Otherwise, you yes, yes, yes. But but so so the in the yes, but but uh, you you always have that network support, and and everyone's doing this kind of strategic. So it's easier to compete as one out of nineteen than you know alone with these fifty eight. <laughs> applications yeah. and then it's much more like you know on the hands of the evaluators so thinking of networks it's mm. not just the national network international networks are equally important so mm. what's your favorite meeting um you know i'm i'm i have this dual thingy in everything so as a cell biologist, it's the ASCD, which I uh, try, I, I haven't, I, I don't participate every year, but I, I try to go as often. So, so it's, it's great. I, I, I like the, the kind of the atmosphere and, and, and seeing people and, and also meeting all kind of ex postdoc friends and <laughs> you know yeah. so and and then then uh, as a kind of microscopist so um the, the, you know the scandem meeting yeah that's that's for social <laughs> eventing yeah, so that's, just, that's just, always based around just, scandinavian groups yes yes so that's just you know, meeting all the all the vendors uh, that represent kind of Nordic countries, and then meeting all the colleagues 
so that that is most like you know the the events that that kind of happen outside of the, the lecture rooms, and 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 then then. Uh, <clears throat> Then, then the every second, or in a way, in a, every fourth year, is the International Electromicroscopy Society meetings, and and then uh, every fourth year is the European uh, counterpart for it. That's so, so these these are big meetings, which which have kind of really big instrument exhibitions, and 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 then then everyone. Uh, tries to to come and of course you know the international meetings have uh, provided me a way to travel to <laughs> you know everywhere in the world I have been in the first one I participated was in South Africa in Durban 2003 and then since then I have been in Brazil in Rio de Janeiro in Japan in Sapporo in uh, Sydney. Last time it was in Sydney, and then uh, in Prague. So, so where was this one? That that's in the Sapporo meeting. So that's that's a lunchbox, and uh, we were starting at this kind of uh, uh, lecture uh, seminar, and I was kind of very very proud of being able to use the chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> with some noodles <laughs> and on your lap as well which is cool so imc and emc and of course i, I guess that you i'm going to tell you off now the first thing you should have said was emc is my favorite one obviously and mm. come over yes. you're, you're, you're helping run one aren't you coming up soon yes so so i'm i'm uh organize, in the organizing team for the next EMC meeting. It was scheduled to happen in August 2020, and, and it was unfortunately cancelled quite in the last minute. We had already kind of uh, sub, uh, abstract submissions going on and, and so on, and, and it was delayed for four years, so, so hopefully the, the next meeting will be in 2024 in Copenhagen. So Scandin, uh, Scandinavian Microscopy Society is kind of the, the host organizer. And, and uh, I'm, I'm chairing the life science uh, symposium. Yeah, so sure. it's, it's a huge privilege, but it's also, again, a great way of, of networking and and uh, really uh, working, connecting with people all over the Europe, and and uh, making plans. Yeah, so I, I I very much looking forward to it because I, I was going to twenty twenty, uh, and I look forward. Hopefully, we'll get to twenty twenty four for it. Uh, I I know obviously, Klaus, Sandra, Julia are all part of that team that are helping. Yes, assemble it as well. Now, you sent me another picture, which is uh, yes, which this looks is, like a map of the world, but I'm not sure it is. What is yes, it? Yes, it it is. <laughs> it is a picture uh, made by a high school student, Evi, and and this picture is one. Uh, it's it's actually a, a framed picture on 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 the wall of of our unit, and. Uh, Another kind of um, new or different kind of uh, feature in my work uh, is that I, I, I host uh, visits for the high school students. So, so when they, they just come to, to, to see, visit the university and you know, when, when they are kind of preparing themselves to the entrance exams for the university. And, and uh, it's always kind of fun to, to see these <laughs> students who get younger every year. <laughs> but, but in addition, I have been, uh, it started after one of these visits and, and, and then 
developed into actually a course. So I have been a couple of times teacher in, in this high school course, which is combining arts and science. So, so it's actually, it's me and, and the school's art teacher, biology teacher and physics teacher. And, and the physics part, of course, is kind of thinking how the microscopes operate and, and kind of going a little bit into physics behind the imaging. And then, then the biology is actually the, the, the teacher uh, and the students, they bring different types of samples, which one afternoon in my lab, we prepare uh, typically, we, 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 we prepare SCM samples, and then, then we select from our collections some sections. And then another afternoon, the, the students can use all of our microscopes. So, so they can take whatever uh, kind of images they want. And, and then the third part is making art of it. So, so we provide little bit introduction to the, you, you know, these imaging uh, software uh, <laughs> kind of, and, and, and in, in this picture, uh, Evi has, it's, it's, it is a kind of thin section image of, of a culture cell. And then she has colored it to look like a, a map. So you are letting high school children Usual mm. microscopes, which cost how much money? A lot. <laughs> the, 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 the one we got last summer was uh, 9.6, uh, uh, 960,000 euros. So, so close to million euros. The TMs, the standard TMs are not so expensive. You can get a really nice one and a camera with half a million. But uh, of course, we have someone there to watch. Yeah, <laughs> so, so we don't just, yes. So, so the students, uh, actually one challenge with the students is to, to make them use, to remember that they will use the microscope camera. Because <laughs> what, what is quite often happens is that they have their cell phones and they take yeah, just... pictures from the monitors <laughs> and yeah. I try to tell them that, you know, I have, I, I'm, I'm providing you access to this 200,000 euro camera. Why don't you use it <laughs> instead? Isn't that great though? Because it shows they're engaged and they want a picture to take home to show their parents or their yes, friends. Say, yes. look what I've seen, look what it is. Because you know, they, they, they I, I, come on, we all take pictures of everything these days, don't mm -hmm. we? Go, look what I saw, they put it up on social media. And, that's great. I, 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 love, I love the contrast to a £200,000 camera on your TM to your uh, a, a, few, a few euros worth of <laughs> camera that's on those. But you're also into photography as a hobby. Yes. I believe, but I, I'm, and that's, that's one picture. It's, it's kind of a reflection of some moss growing on a tree on, on, the, on the river. And, and what I, I like this is that it's not so easy to say that what is kind of the, the, the real thing and what is actually the reflection of the water. So uh, I'm not good in, in photography, that's, that's <laughs> for sure. But, but this is one of the, I, if I look the pictures I have taken, I think that almost half of them are either running water or some kind of reflections on the water. I, I don't know what fascinates me on those. So is this yours as well? Yes. This picture I chose to, you know, that's, that's where I live. So I live in this really far east corner of Europe where sea freezes every winter. And this is actually a sunset on a frozen sea, and the picture is taking around 2.30 in the afternoon. So, so the, in, in December, the sun goes down before 3 p.m. And, and I, I, I don't think, well, we can see on the background, there is already some snow. 
Yeah. The, the, the sea is maybe not so thick, the ice yet that I would, I didn't want to walk on it, but, but uh, around January time, you can drive your car on the, on the, on the sea. <clears throat> How, how have you found, and you obviously got a daughter, how old is your daughter now? Sorry? How old is your daughter now? Uh, my daughter is uh, 33. 33, and just a one daughter? Yes. Okay. How did you find in the early parts of your career, balancing your work life, uh, bringing up, you said you're a single parent, bringing up mm -hmm. a child, you're doing your postdoctoral research, developing your academic career mm -hmm. on the back of that, mm -hmm. after that. How did you find balancing on that? Uh, well, you know, again, it was very natural because she was born, you know, before I kind of became a researcher. She was born already during my, my master's studies. So it has been all the time, you know, the two of us. And, uh, and what, yeah. she got, what has she got on to do? Well, she's a vet. Ooh. So keeping some sort of science. In the family. <laughs> well, she she uh, she's doing. Uh, she she works in a, in a hospital, so so yeah, she not 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 the scientist, but really doing clinical work. Mm -hmm. But she's actually in UK now. She moved in the beginning of the year to to do a specialization on ophthalmology okay. in the UK. So where about is she? Uh, in uh, Portsmouth. Okay. Or haven't. So, so very south. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I have a niece who's a vet down the south. But ah. not in Portsmouth. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, that's really cool. You must be very proud of her as well. Uh, and succeeding through. So your other hobby. Is, yes. Is that's, patchwork? That, uh, yes. I'm, I'm doing any type of craft handicraft but that's that's like uh, art quilt yes so some embroidery and things anything to do with manipulating fabrics I, I love colors and and then sewing and and just doing things and I, I think that's kind of the balance to the scientific part <laughs> How did you take the picture? Because I can see one hand. I can see another finger, which is on uh, the other hand. That's not, it's, it's someone, uh, uh, my friend has taken the picture. So it's, it's my, my, my fingers and, and yeah. <laughs> I, I was just trying to work out to one hand. I can see another finger, so two hands and a picture. I thought that's in Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I, 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 I belong to this group of 10 women and uh, we meet, we, we are kind of around Finland. We meet a couple of times a year and, and we organize uh, one kind of exhibition roughly a year. So, so during these meetings, we plan the theme and, and do kind of practical plans. And then everyone is doing the kind of art pieces solo. But, and then we meet again when we kind of set up the meeting. And, and, and that part is actually, we, we spent uh, four days in, in a small island. And uh, of course, when going to an island, you cannot take a sewing machine or much of the material with you. So the instructions were that everyone takes a white shirt and then, uh, a couple of needles and then some thread. And then over these four days, we were just uh, going around the island, enjoying the views and staying wherever and, and sewing. And, and then, you know, in the end, the, the, these shirts were not really looking shirts anymore. <laughs> a, a, a truly well-knitted network, one could say. Mm. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. So, PC or Mac? PC. I knew it'd be that. McDonald's or Burger King? Mm, McDonald's. I don't like smoke at all. So, Burger King, I don't, yeah, it's, it's smoked stuff. No. That, that's fine. Early bird or night owl? 
night owl. Okay. I'd say just like Lucy Collington. Uh, okay, <laughs> certainly with electron microscopies in the dark, I'm sure. Tidy or messy as a person? Uh, tidy. Tidy. Maximist or minimalist? Um, maximist. Everything is kind of full of stuff. Yeah. Tidy maximist. Impressive. Okay. Tea or coffee? <laughs> As you know, you don't know, you know, the dirt looks really ugly in, in microscope. So, so, you know, we need to keep things tidy. No, that is very true. Tea yeah. or coffee? Tea, never coffee. Oh, chocolate or cheese? Chocolate, never cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I like this certainty. This is not yes. TV or book. Um, Audiobook. Audio book. Audio. Good great. So get, get in the middle. Audio book. What's your favorite film? Fuck that cafe. Sorry? Fuck that cafe. I don't know it. Oh no. Okay. That's one to look up. What's your favorite Christmas film? I don't have any. Oh, okay. What's your pet hate? What my pet hates. Yeah, what 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 annoys you? Uh when they vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like cleaning after them. <laughs> That's fine. Uh what do you most love? What what an item that you would a luxury item that you most love? Mm, my sewing machine. Oh, good. Answer. I have a really fancy one. Good answer. So next question. What is your favorite item of clothing then? Mm, it must be some of my woolen socks. Oh. I have like a huge basket of them. So of woolen socks. Yeah. All paired up together. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you prefer to cook? or to be cooked for? Uh, I like to control things, so I would prefer cooking. Okay, and what is your signature dish then? What is your best dish that you cook? I, yeah, anything, you know, depends who's coming. <clears throat> For, okay. for my my sister's kids, you know, they want to have, they, they you know, prefer meatballs. My daughter is a vegan, so, you know, some vegetarian. If I uh, ask my lab to visit, it would be some kind of a meat thingy in the oven. <laughs> okay. What, what, is your, what is your least favorite food? Well, eat. I'm allergic to fish and, and seafood, so anything, and also seaweed, so basically anything coming from sea. Okay. Oof, that's not so easy. Did I ask you, I don't think I asked you, wine or beer? Uh, I think beer goes into the same category as coffee, so it's just the bitterness that that feels strange. There's actually I, I I'm collecting statistics, so usually people who don't drink coffee they don't like beer or and vice versa. So it's it's not easy to find a coffee lover who doesn't drink beer. <laughs> so it's wine, red or white wine. Uh, only white. Only white? Yes. Because the red's too bitter? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> my, my taste buds are like, you know, from the uh, 10 years old, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, it, you started with uh, thinking what was when, when we met uh, properly the first time and, and from this uh, Ghent meeting what I remember best is us sitting in this really nice restaurant with Chris and Tom and listening to they 
stories about great wines. <laughs> yeah, just and I, I had a feeling that we were kind of the listeners in these <laughs> stories. So so Chris and Tom were kind of the, the really wine. Yeah, so, so that was Chris Gavin and Tom Derring uh, from yes. Mark Ellisman's lab, wasn't yes. it? And, yes. But they, they like their Californian wines and they, they know their... Yes, but it was great stories. It's, it's you, you know, interesting to listen to people who are enthusiastic over, you know. But, but tell me, were you not sitting there drinking your wine? Listening to them talk about it and thinking, well, talk about it, but can you order the next bottle, please? <laughs> we were not thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Chris yeah. been mortified because Chris never lets it go empty. <laughs> oh, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, okay, so moving forward, uh, I think your inspiration was probably one of your early supervisors from what you said earlier. Mm. Uh, what would you say your favourite publication is that you've authored or co-authored? For whatever reason, do you have a favourite, a fond favourite publication? Yes, I, I think it is it is the first one where I'm the, uh, the last author. My 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 uh, first students, my first paper, which which was uh, published in JCP in two thousand seven, <clears throat> where where we uh, showed the, the how how ER partitions or that ER undergoes this kind of uh, tra uh, structural transformation that's a that's a very nice answer mm -hmm. it is it's good that first out your lab your group your research mm -hmm. that's, that's really cool i'm i'm i i i haven't uh, supervised uh that many students kind of on my i, I have co-supervised a lot of my kind of students also from my my collaborators but but I, I have uh, four students, you know, fully kind of responsible, and I'm so proud of each of them. You know, it's mm -hmm. I, I think those are kind of the really great moments, and I think those are the biggest achievements in a way of of really supervising. You know, the kind of making new researchers <laughs> and, and 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 guiding them to this. Feed. Yeah, which is a good point. That's an important part. You've got an academic career, which is doing your primary research and developing mm. it. But at the same time, you're developing careers alongside that. And as you've already mentioned, you do your outreach alongside that. Mm. And yeah. I think this is a picture of your your group. Yes, yes. This this is the in the middle. There is these two guys, uh, Behnam and Darsan. They are my students. And then the rest is my my EM uh, facility team, and and we are all in the same boat. <laughs> Unfortunately, the boat literally. was so small that it was safer to stay, you know, on a crowd. Not we we didn't go <laughs> to the lake, but uh, so so, so yeah. quite literally. So for those who are listening, uh, it's it, they are all in the same small, very small boat, which is yes. quite a task for eight eight people. At the yes, same time? Yes, yes. <laughs> but you're not in it. I am there in the middle with the black hair or no, dark hair. You can't change the colour of your hair. That doesn't help. I, I, I'm changing it all the time. <laughs> so who took the picture then? Uh, this this picture was taken uh, in Uvascula during the dinner in Scandem meeting. So, so there's plenty of... Yeah, yeah. Just in case they sailed off with it, you need to be careful on that. Uh, where do you see the next big challenge for microscopy? What what needs to change? What would be the next big step if you could? Um, this this is a very um, personal view, and and not really. I'm sure it's not the the right answer but but what what I see now that there is a trend that we go uh, we try to automate everything and we go bigger and bigger we we want to collect 
always bigger volumes and higher resolution. And I don't think that that increases the understanding of, of you know, the scientific question necessarily. So I'm, I, I don't kind of, you know, I don't like that trend so much. So I, I for example, I'm waiting that someone kind of reinvents stereology again, like, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, kind of mathematical approach, which has been around long time. So, so instead of everyone trying to just make large 3D volumes and segment objects, I think that we could actually use stereology and start analyzing, you know, and, 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 and get, I, I'm, I'm, I love pictures, I want to see everything, and in the end I want to make them into numbers. And I think that we should remember that in EM, you know, the power is that we see the structures and they, in the right surroundings. And, and uh, we should pay attention to analyzing the structures and their surroundings and, and try to go kind of, you know, not to decorate things, but, but really measure and, 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 and analyze things. And, and go hand in hand. Do you not think mm -hmm. that by getting more volumes, bigger data sets, you can make more measurements in a more quantitative way? Uh, yes, but uh, is that always uh, necessary? You, you know, in, in the stereology, it, it shows that you can actually, you, you know, instead of calculating uh, areas from, from uh, every slice, you take every 20th slice and you actually can quite nicely predict. So the same is little bit that, uh, you know, I, I, I think that I, I would, I think all these correlative things is, is the key. So, so we should always kind of uh, get the bigger picture with something else and, and then EM for the details. And, and yeah, so, so maybe that's, that would be maybe the right answer <laughs> from me that uh, where we're going is to, to correlative imaging. So, so one imaging technique is not going to solve anything, everything. Uh, and there isn't one over the others. But, but really what we should kind of, and what we have already, of course, the work has started. So we're trying to, to connect and, and combine the, the different imaging modalities. Yeah, so, so going from the, the correlative light to electron microscopy, mm -hmm. which of course then gives you the volume, the size, the proportion, mm -hmm. less maybe mm -hmm. the electron mm -hmm. microscope, to concentrate focus mm -hmm. to where it's really and, and we we have also uh, tried to uh, co connect uh, MRI imaging and this diffuser tensor mm -hmm. imaging with uh, 3D 3 uh, 3D EM where where uh, we get kind of functional data uh, from the MRI images from you know some brain activities and and then then go from there to to EM which is for anyone listening who's, who doesn't understand the technologies around that linking from an MRI to a light microscope is very challenging to go from an MRI to an electron microscope which almost bypasses that middle bit is incredibly mm. challenging and Aya we are now up to the hour mark <laughs> Oh yeah, that is one that that has gone so stupidly fast. Uh, I've just got to ask you two really quick questions. What did you want to be when you were ten? Around that, as a young girl, hairdresser. Hairdresser. 
Mm-hmm. The answer. What would you be if you could be anything today? Um, I think I have pretty much, I'm doing what I wanted to do. I, I have followed one path. I haven't just drifted to what I'm doing, but I, 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 I really, uh, I don't think I have other options. The, when, options. I start, when I started studying, I, I was thinking that would it be some kind of crafts or science? And, and it was a great advice from my mom that you also need a hobby, that there is a risk if you're making, you know, your most passionate hobby as a kind of profession. How do you then balance, you know, things? I love that answer because that's why I never became a professional footballer, simply because I thought I should balance yes. career. Yes. There might be another reasons as well, but I'll just go with that one. <laughs> hey, on that note, thank you very much for joining me for this version of the podcast. Everyone who's watched or listened, please don't forget to subscribe to whichever channel you're listening to. And actually, you've heard Aya talk about all sorts that Lucy Collins has talked about. Jeff Lippicott Schwartz is part of the ASCB and helps uh, lead all of that. Uh, Jeff Lippman does that big volume. EM, so there's plenty of other podcasts you can go back onto to hear, hear similar content. But you know, I, I, I really enjoyed hearing about the career progression, the importance of jobs within this type of area of research and facilities and the challenges that you are trying to solve in, in, in Helsinki itself. And actually not just saying there's a problem, but actually doing something about it and then taking it up to senior management and say, look, here we are. This is what we need. And the fact that they're empowering you to do that, I think, is a great credit to Helsinki as well in supporting that. So, Aya, I can't wait to catch up soon. Thank you. Okay. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. To view all audio and video recordings from this series, please visit bitesizebio.com forward slash the microscopists.